Hey, welcome back to Country and Cold Cans. As always, I'm Logan sitting here with Andy and Kyle, and this week we have a special guest, uh, Mr. Lucas Jagno, a Texas artist by way of Louisiana. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, Logan. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, man. Just uh it's already it's only Tuesday. It's already been a long week, so <laughs> that's <laughs> that's right. I, I've always told everybody Tuesday's just another Monday. So Yeah, you got that right, except for you're just a little bit more tired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At least you had Sunday to rest up. Exactly, Monday. exactly. I mean, day of rest for a reason. Monday, not so much. It's a day of work. <laughs> That's right. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to come on, man. Yeah, man, I appreciate y'all. Really yeah, do. It's like uh, we were talking about right before we started recording. Now, like I, I first like discovered you. Um, you know, just people retweeting your stuff on Twitter, checked out your music. Um, I liked what I heard, and the you know, me and the guys were talking. About, I wanted to get you on here, so definitely appreciate you coming coming on. But I guess the first thing I wanted to ask was because I was reading your bio a while back, and you were saying like you know, uh, you kind of allude to it too, and um, like with the song title, what is it, your most recent sing- single about the worst thing about uh, you know Texas, like leave having to leave, like but you're originally from Louisiana. So what part of Louisiana were you from? Uh, so originally from a place called Mansfield, Louisiana, and if you're at all familiar with like Shreveport, Bossier area, that's in the northwest corner, and we're about 30 minutes south of there where I where I grew up. But I live, I currently live about an hour south of there in a town called Manny. Uh, we're right on the Texas line where Toledo Bend, the lake, meets uh, meets Texas. So we're we're as close to Texas as Louisiana could be, you know. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Where where we're from, we're right on the. Uh, we're about ten minutes away from the Virginia border. Um, when yeah. where the three of us grew up, so yeah, we know what it's like to live on one of those border towns. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's cool, Virginia, man. Virginia's not quite as cool as Texas, though. No, yeah, <laughs> <Just, not at laughs> Virginia yeah, sometimes kind of sucks. Yeah, it does. yeah, and yeah, I got some good friends from up in Virginia. I wish I could tell you the exact town, but I met them like twice. Uh, and we became excellent friends. They came down and we went to uh, a couple of mud rides together, believe it or not, huge four-wheeler ATV mud rides down in uh, Jacksonville, Texas, and made really good friends with them. They called themselves the Plowboys. There were about nine of them. They were good dudes. Hell yeah, uh, man. Yes. You fit right in in our hometown. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> we can already tell you would definitely fit in with uh, us and our friends and everything. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, like I said, we're from small town, North Carolina. But so I guess the one thing I did uh, want to know, too, was like, so was it Texas music, something you grew up listening to? Or was that something you kind of discovered a little bit later on in life? Dude, I would probably be um, probably be hung from a tree for what I'm about to say by some folks. But uh, <laughs> I didn't really get into it. Uh, I had heard it. I had heard it. I started playing music. I've been singing my whole life, but I actually started playing when I was 17. And um, I didn't care for it when I first heard it. You know, uh, several people tried to turn me on to it and I just kind of blew it off. I was really into old school, late 80s, 90s country from Nashville, Tennessee, you know, and uh, I thought that some of the things I'd heard were okay, you know, but as far as the big the big picture, I wasn't a fan. And then later on down the road, I, I guess, uh, I guess in truth, it would have been Cody Johnson that, that really just blew my socks off when he came out with that cowboy like me album. 
And uh, I was I was hooked from there. You know, anywhere that rabbit hole led, I went and I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a fantastic record, too. I know Andy and I used to listen to that one a lot uh, once we kind of got into the, the Texas style of music, at least. So, yeah. Yeah, Cody's, yeah. Kojo, Kojo is definitely a, a good one to get you into it. Start to finish, man. That was a good one. I used to uh, I used to work for an, a lady in in town where I lived, and I would bush hog pastures, cut of grass, and all that. And I just throw my headphones in and, and let it roll from start to finish, you know. And uh, that one really got me going. So, but, yeah. but I, I mean, no one's gonna hang you on this show because I mean, you got a lot in common. Um, some I'll other shows might though. Some other shows might. Uh, yeah, I, I was I was fairly similar to you, um, D Bear. You know, he was like, right, check, you know, check these people out. Check, eh, I don't really want to, but I finally give it a <laughs> shot. And then and then also they let me come on their show, and then I just kind of stayed here. And so, yeah, I, I thank them for that. But you know, they've turned me on to a whole new genre of music that my stubborn self didn't want to at first. Right, chance, and they were right in the in, you know in the in the end, but. I'll never tell him that. Yeah, he uh, he was stuck in that rut of listening to the same 10 artists he was listening to when we were in high school. And I was like, yeah. dude, you're missing out. I was like, yeah, check these people out. Right, right. Yeah, dude, I, that's, I mean, sadly and shamefully, that's that's a downfall for me. You know, like if somebody yeah. tries, uh, my brother, my brother, my drummer, Tobin, he tried for almost a complete year to tell me about Parker McCollum. Oh, yeah. And then uh, one day, one day we were on the way home from a studio and he was like, dude, just listen to this song. And he turned on uh, Misunderstood. And I was like, yeah, OK, I, I get it. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, we're big Parker fans. Like we've uh, yeah. Andy and I have been listening to him since right around right before Probably Wrong came out. Um, we were yeah. we were we were a little bit later than the folks that were on with the Limestone Kid album. But right. we were we right. were on Parker a little bit earlier than most people in North Carolina, because it's funny now you see a guy coming out of Texas like him who's getting some notoriety like nationally and all these people who have no idea that this uh, whole like region of music and their own charts and radio uh, even exists. They're like yeah, playing yeah. Parker songs. It's kind of cool to see. The king of the area, you know? Yeah. Oh, for <laughs> sure. So uh, you said you've been playing music since you were 17. Um, when you decided to, you got into like this kind of genre or this subgenre. I don't even know what to call it half the time, but uh, like within yeah. Texas, um, what is it like trying to break into that? Cause I know like people go to Nashville and you know, they, they like, to, they play gigs around town. They attend like, uh, you know, writers circles and everything and stuff like that. What, what, how, how do you break into the Texas scene? Man. So it was, it was honestly, which I've never, I never really tried the Nashville thing. So I can't really speak on how difficult that is, but at least from what I've heard about it, like, I don't think Texas was near as, as rough and tough and, and cutthroat, if you will. I mean, uh, we, we had some friends that were already playing, you know, it already kind of got some plugs in the East Texas area. So we just kind of followed that lead and beat that horse till they let us in. Uh, we just, we pretty much go anywhere that they would, that they would answer our emails or phone calls and uh, started out that way. And then eventually, you know, um, we, we always tried to be <clears throat> with, without for the sake of not sounding like I'm trying to hate on my hometown, but we always tried to be like the hero around here, but it was like, you know, you're just the guy I went to high school with around here. You're not the, you're not a superstar. You know, I know you. So 
we we decided that getting out was the was the option. So we we started heading west and and looking into it. And it's from it's really crazy because I feel like I'm rambling, but it's crazy that we we played so many shows for so many years, and then in 2019 I got involved in a couple of songwriting contests, and it seems like from there everything just started really taking off for us, you know. So it's been a wild ride the past couple of years. I hear that because didn't you you won the uh, 2019 Texas Music Picker Songwriting Competition, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I was uh, in the beginning of that year. I was at one in Lindale, Texas, and that's where I, I met my good buddy Jordan Nix. Y'all may have heard of him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's where I met Jordan, and that pretty much changed our lives. And then, uh, of course, through that relationship, I got into the Texas Music Pickers uh, thing and the College Station scene, and I went down there and and took home first in that one. So that was, that was sweet. Cause I didn't expect to win at all, you know? <laughs> Hell yeah, man. What song was it that, uh, that you ended up winning with? It was the worst thing about Texas. Oh, That's nice. what I played. That's what I played last. It had not been recorded. I don't even think anybody had heard it hardly, you know, uh, but I pulled it off on them down there and it was kind of like my finishing move. You know, you, yeah. you couldn't really, you couldn't repeat songs, so I'm, the whole time I've got that in my back pocket. And I'm like, God, just let me make it to the finals, you know, yep. so I can play the song. <laughs> and then it worked out, so that was cool. That was yeah. really cool. Saving that one. That was the Stone Cold Stunner. You were saving that one for the end of the match. That's right, man. That's right. <laughs> that's right. I had to. Yeah, I hear but that. It, it that's one out, of my man. We. I was just saying that was one of uh, one of the one standout ones of of like your discography discography that like me and Kyle yeah. were talking about it beforehand. We really are a big fan of that one. Like we love the the sound of it and oh, like yeah. just like it's I, I, before I ever comment on. I always like to ask the artist while we have them here. How do you describe your sound, man? It probably sounds so cliche, but I mean, I love I love the uh, the traditional country music sounds, pedal steel and the fiddle. And then of course, you know, me, heck, all of us, my whole band, we grew up with very Southern rock roots and, and influences from Leonard Skinner. And obviously as you get into the Texas thing, you've got whiskey Myers. So, I mean, coming up, listening to stuff like that, you're like, I would say it's country, but it's got some grit, you know, at yeah. least, at least some of them, you know, worst thing about Texas is more traditional, uh, pretty melodic song you know compared to them some other stuff that we've done but um if i had to give the whole thing a, a vibe it would be it would definitely be kind of like southern southern rock country mixed you know yeah uh, um i've had so people i've had people tell us that they really like the uh the louisiana sound and i hadn't quite figured out what that means yet so <laughs> i don't know i don't know if we sound like we're from louisiana or not but i mean maybe we do well, maybe you could if you, you know started speaking some French in your songs. <laughs> um, so I, I was going to ask you. I know you had said that you know you started playing with your you know friends and whatnot when at your hometown. When did you realize that you could sing? Was it you know growing up in I don't know if you went to church or you know I, you know a lot yeah. of people a lot of people especially from around where we're at you know they if they. You know, it, it takes a lot of courage to step out of, you know, that little comfort zone. It's a lot different than singing in a choir versus being the only voice. I didn't know right. if that was something. I didn't know if you had ever done that or you just were. 
singing in the shower and you know your mom was like hey you don't sound half bad you know i just didn't know uh i just i was just curious when did you you know realize that you could sing because not everybody Duh. can i know we can Duh. i've been uh <laughs> right right i've been told i've been told that i've been singing since like a little after i could talk you know my my grandfather played music. My mom sang. My great grandfather was a fiddle player, Western swing musician in North Louisiana. I mean, a really long line of of musicians and and music in general. And then, um, but I remember being a kid. They tell me that uh, I used to grab my great grandmother's walking cane and use it as my microphone, and I'd sing uh, "Should Have Been a Cowboy" by Toby Keith, you know, yeah. for everybody. But. Uh, as far as really kind of getting the courage and stuff like that, I mean, I probably couldn't, I wouldn't want to stand up and talk in front of anybody, but it seemed like uh, when I started holding the guitar, I could close my eyes and just do my thing and it didn't really matter, you know, if, if anybody was watching or not. So I guess that's kind of my, my uh, what'd be the word, I guess the crutch, you know, as long as I got that in my hand, I can, I can take care of it, but. Without it, I'm just awkward. So yeah, well, join the club. Join the club. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I would say I don't. Uh, I I don't blame you because like when it comes to being in front of people with a guitar, the guitar is almost like a crutch, but in a good way. But yeah. as, as somebody yeah. who watches a lot of people sing, I think it's always kind of awkward when there are dudes up there without a guitar and they're having to figure out what to do with their hands, like Ricky Bobby. <laughs> it's like it's just like it, you don't really know what to do at that point without the guitar. No. 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 My and. Uh, Go ahead. I was going to say to follow up his question a little bit is, uh, was there a specific like moment that you decided that you wanted to play music for a career? Man, um, I would definitely want to. I'd say that came after learning the guitar, after picking that up and kind of uh, getting my feet wet with it. I pretty much taught myself with with the help of the internet. Obviously, you know, I grew up in the 2000s where you could just hop on a mobile phone and, and look up whatever you want to look up. So that was very, very cool. But uh, when I started learning chords and stuff and, and really stringing the songs together the way I wanted to, writing my own stuff, I mean, I was like, hey, you know, in some capacity, no matter what I do, whether it's writing or performing or producing, whatever it could be, you know, I, I want to do this. So probably 17, 18 years old, something like that, you know? And yeah, how, and go how, ahead, Kyle. How, oh, I, was, I could probably Google this, but I'm lazy. How old are you right now? <laughs> I'm 30. I'm 30. 30, okay. okay. Right, yeah, so you're about the same age as us. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're all we're all about 27 at this point. So, yeah, we're about in the same age bracket. We all definitely hit, we're blessed with uh, growing up in the era. If you want to learn to play guitar, YouTube's your friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> YouTube, Google, eCord. Yep. You name it, man. It, it was all it was all just right there waiting on me. Oh yeah. I hear uh, my bass player's dad was a big musician and, and singer back in the late eighties, early nineties, and he would always he'd always kind of have a little bit of uh, I guess I guess you could say kind of a bitterness toward us for like, man, y'all ain't y'all ain't got a clue how hard it was sitting there trying to 
rewind records and tapes and trying to figure this part out. You know, you couldn't just look it up on YouTube. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Like, I can imagine how the uh, the older generation probably looks and thinks like how easy it is for us to look up chords and everything. And Man. I can and I feel it when I think about that. It almost makes me feel bad for being like slightly annoyed. Like I know the other day I was trying to look up the chords <laughs> and the lyrics to an Austin Mead song. And it wasn't on there yet. And I was like, come on. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, this yeah. used to be the case for everybody. <laughs> now, now, in our defense, now, in our defense, those people probably couldn't figure out how to look it up on YouTube. So there's a little bit of truth there. You know, I always, right. have, to, I always have to tell my dad, but you have to type in this to search for this. <laughs> so, but That's funny. That's yeah, funny. Yeah, we, you know, we, we probably don't know how good we got it. That's for yeah, sure. Probably, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Definitely right. So when it comes to songwriting, do you do a lot of co-writing or do you like write by yourself more often? Yeah, so uh, most, I'd probably give it a 95%. Uh, I've written with my brother, Tobin Jagno. Uh, he's my drummer, uh, pretty much my booking agent, my manager, everything else, you know, right there along with... Uh, my co-writer, we've, we've written a lot together. Most of the songs on the album that we've got out right now. And then, of course, the worst thing about Texas. And pretty much, you know, he's he and I are both kind of like, if, if, if one's got a really good idea, we can't get anything out on it without telling the other guy about it. So it usually ends up like, okay, help me out, you know, and we'll just, we'll throw it back and forth till we're done with it. And, kind of the way we roll as far as writing songs. Uh, I have written a couple by myself, but it's, it's a lot cooler to get his perspective and kind of hear what he thinks about. He may see something the way I don't, you know? So. Right. Is, yeah. is, he, uh, is he older or younger than you? He's younger. He's, he's uh, right at about two years younger than me. So okay. he's about so, he's 28. Yeah. 28. Well, that's cool. It's uh, it's always cool to see like uh, brothers playing in a band together. I I, I think about <laughs> yeah. you know I think about me and my brothers and I, I I'm like as much as I love them to death I don't know if we could play together in a band so like, <laughs> it's, I, I'm sure there's uh you know I, I respect it when you can make it work. <laughs> yeah yeah I I told uh I think it was in the Texas Music Pickers contest I was telling them about him helping me write the songs and I was like uh you know I, if I got any advice for anybody out there it's uh you do and you don't want to play with your brother. So there's, there's great, there's great sides to it. And then there's like, you know, fighting at rehearsal and stuff like that. So. Oh yeah. Cause you're always more likely to fight moved, with family. Out of that. Yeah. yeah I, I couldn't, I have two sisters and I couldn't play. Uh, one of them is the spitting image of me, but only a female. So yeah, that, that would never work. So <laughs> No, yeah. And like I said, it, it's it's probably uh, you're more likely to fight with your family than you are your friends most of the time. So, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, especially a brother. Oh, you got yeah. that right. I got, like like I said, I got two of them, so I can relate. But but yeah, so like when when you guys do ride together, do y'all like does does it normally like what's the process? Like normally y'all come in with um, the melody or the hook or something first, and then you kind of work from there. Or is it different every time? You know, I, I I'd say it's different every time, but uh majority we're we're word guys you know we love getting good words and hooks and and kind of ideas and we'll 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 randomly be riding down the road and 
we may come up with something that we don't touch for months, but we're like, that's a great song idea, you know, and that's kind of, it just comes up in convo, kind of chatting about this and that and the other. And then we end up kind of, I guess, calling what we don't like and then taking something that we know is, is worthy of it and, and mm-hmm. sitting down with it. And, uh, I usually, I usually do the music side of things, kind of producing it and figuring out what chords go here and what chords go where and what needs to cut out, what lines are maybe a little too long or something like that. But, uh, we're, we generally start with the words. So to me, it's easy to take something and put some music to it rather than some guys start with music and they, they absolutely have to do it that way. But I, I just guess I've always been the other way around. Yeah, I think it, it probably um, it probably does depend on whether you're more lyrically focused or if you started off more as like, say, if somebody like uh, starts off more as a lead guitarist and then they become like a solo artist who is also a songwriter. It's probably just the way the brain is wired, which one yeah. kind of is the, the stepping stone or how, how it begins. Yeah, but, but I could so, totally I could totally see that where your mind's kind of stuck on the melody rather than the right the lyrical content for sure. But. Oh, yeah. So I saw that, what was it, two years ago, I think it was. Didn't you, you played uh, Mile Zero Fest down in Key West, right? Yeah, I was actually there this year again. We uh, we were there in uh, February. They had it in February of 2020, right before everything fell apart. And then um, they actually bumped it back this year. So we were there two weeks ago, I think. Uh, no, the end of April. So it's been a little more than two weeks ago. but right. Yeah. So, so how is that? Uh, that's one festival that I've been saying for years that I'm eventually going to get down to because it just seems like a, a great time. But how was that like just being down there? One, the weather's fantastic because of Key West. I'm sure it's a little hot, but it's probably really nice down there. But two, just the amount of artists, you know, everybody playing the amount of shows. I mean, I'm sure that had to be a cool experience as both as for me as a fan, but also as an artist for you. Dude, year one which obviously, like I just said, it was before COVID, pre, pre any scare about it at all. So it was absolutely wide open and, and definitely something to see. And I hope, I hope that by the time they put it back together for next year that it's back that way. Um, but, yeah, dude, it's, it'd be pretty difficult to wrap it all up in a conversation, you know, just on a podcast for sure. But, yeah. Uh, it's it's a one of a kind experience, especially for the guys like me that that are just kind of coming in as rookies to the to the festival game at all. And then you're you're out and about and you bump into Randy Rogers at a restaurant and you, you know, you're side stage with Wade Bowen. And this year, Stoney LaRue danced with my little baby. My little eight month old baby was down there with us and he danced with her on the side of the stage. And I'm like. That's awesome. (laughs) Is this live, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, there's kind of the shock factor of, of that, you know, being intermingled with these people that you practically don't believe they really exist. They're just, you know, music guys. But, uh, and then there's getting to play the venues, everybody there, you know, they come for music. We, we travel a lot. We play a lot. Um, and you never know what you're going to get when you get to a venue. You know, it could be a crowd of people, the regulars at the bar, they just want to have their beer, you know, they just want to drink or they're having a bachelor party or, you know, anything you can think of. But this place, you know, that 
regardless. They're there for you. They're there for your music. They don't care who you are. They want to hear it, you know, and it, they're hooping and hollering for originals. And it's just pretty one of a kind, you know. I can imagine a lot of other festivals like that are, are similar, but it's a, it's something to see. <laughs> it really is. Not to mention you're in paradise, you know. Yes, so. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I definitely uh, can imagine because, like I said, I plan on whether it's next year or the year after, plan on getting down there because both, one, for just the pure, you know, entertainment of it as a music consumer, it has to, like, I, I just think that has to be such a fun uh, few days down there listening to all these artists that I like to listen to and everything. But at the same time, selfishly, as a podcaster, I'd love to get down there too because I can imagine how many people I'd get to talk to. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, you should. You should definitely make it a um, a, a, a priority because – there's a lot of guys like that down there. Uh, I'm, I don't know if y'all are familiar being in North Carolina. You may be familiar with Red Dirt, North Carolina, and there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're always down there. Um, they had folks out of Georgia. I mean, Texans, Arkansas. I mean, you name it. People are just down there consuming. Number one, but then number two, obviously working on content, and and it's a great great opportunity to uh, to do that. You know. Oh, for sure. For sure. But I know that, um, I know that like you were, you were saying that you see all these, these people like Wade Bowen or Andy Rogers that almost in your mind, like they're just like this star and almost like they, they're not real. Uh, Andy yeah, and I, yeah. Andy and I met Wade Bowen one time here in Raleigh, North Carolina. He was playing a show at a venue that's unfortunately closed down now, but it was him and Dalton Domino. And by the time Wade Bowen set ended, Andy and I were, were, a little Lit. bit, a little bit inebriated, and <laughs> yeah. he was—he was just the nicest guy in the world talking to us. <laughs> we were sitting, standing there beside him, and we were afterwards. We were just like, "Oh gosh, we, we got a, finally got a chance to meet Wade Bowen," and we were about three cheats to the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what I said. I hope it was nice. I hope it was uh, yeah. cordial. I, I, I hope that I made a, a, a not a terrible first impression. <laughs> yeah. But we no. love you, Wade. Yeah, exactly. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, who are who are some of your favorite people that you've gotten to play with um, so far since you've kind of broken into this region of uh, music? Oh man! Um, so we've had a we've had a couple of uh, I wouldn't say huge. We hadn't we had probably had never done a, a a show with anybody I would consider to be monumental, other than like. Uh, Mile Zero Fest, as far as reputation-wise, national recognition or something like that. You know, I don't want to put anybody down or anything like that, but we've done some cool shows. We we got to open up for uh, John Wolf, who <laughs> I was not, I wasn't super familiar with before the show, but um, leading up to it, I, I listened to his music and, and became a fan, and he was, he was an excellent showman. His band was great, and they, they treated us well, and Everybody, that's the cool thing about the scene, you know. Everybody's so. I, I've yet to run into somebody who was just downright rude or you know dismissing of of us as as up and comers. Yeah, uh, I did get to uh, one of the coolest things. Speaking of Dalton Domino, you brought him up, and um, uh, I got a call from him one night because he's working with a good friend of mine, Jacob Stelly. Oh yeah, and. Um, Dalton just calls me out of the blue one night after a pretty bad gig. <clears throat> and uh, I was blown away that he called me, number one. But then, you know, he kind of got to talking to me about 
coming and getting in on some shows with them. And I went down to the tap in Fowler Station and got to sit beside uh, Caitlin Butts mm-hmm. and Chris Canterbury and sing a song. So that was that was nuts. And uh, man, I hate that my mind's just kind of drawing a blank right now. But obviously, my good buddies Tanner Ustery, Jordan Nix, they're all kind of you know my level, maybe a little above some of them. And uh, they're all good friends of mine. Braxton Keith. I don't know if y'all have heard of him at all, but he's a super talented guy. I mean, there's just so many. I, I hate to even try to start naming them because they're they're also talented. Parker Ryan, Jacob mm-hmm. Stelly, uh, just super talented people out there that that we've done some cool shows and and some good events with. Yeah, like I know that I've heard of most. I think Braxton Keith is the one that I'm not super familiar with of that group. I'll have to check him out, but we um. But yeah, I've gotten I've gotten into like uh, Stelly's music here recently here because I, I I think it was via Dalton Domino that I think I discovered Stelly yeah. and Slade Coulter and and folks yeah. like that. Yeah, Slade, so, I didn't mean to leave him out, but yeah, he's a great guy, great songwriter, excellent musician too. You know. Yeah, yeah, that, I, I'm digging a, a lot of what those guys are putting out too. So it's like I I definitely um have to check out Braxton Keith too as well. Yeah, man. If you like if you like real you know, honky tonking, barn burning country music, man. That's your guy. He's a he's a and and not to mention, I mean, the records you can you can look his album his EP up, but <clears throat> I, I just feel like they don't do him justice is when you see him in person because he's he's mind blowing. Like I love him and I hate him at the same time because he's so good. But uh <laughs> <laughs> one of those guys, you know. I think it's it's funny like that when you say that uh what you were saying was everybody that you ever meet in the Texas scene is always like very open and nice to up and comers because you're you're not the first person that has told us that the same thing is that in the Texas scene, which some people, you know, compared to sort of like Nashville and stuff, is that it's a lot more Texas scene as the artists are already established, they're so much more receptive to new up and coming artists than really in any other scene. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's just you know, I've seen a couple posts or, or or pictures, and it's like, you know, what separates this scene from anything else, and it's or, or what defines Texas country or red dirt music. And there's literally so many genres, subgenres, you name it. It could be anything from punk rock to you know southern rock, uh, traditional country. I mean, but I think everybody has the um, the the drive to be the best that they can be number one. And then everybody understands, you know, what it takes, you know, it's kind of like a a mutual respect that you have for everybody and uh, a willingness to, uh, to lend, lend the scene out to original music. You know, you can't go just anywhere and play your songs, you know, and uh, forever. um, When we got started, you know, we were of the impression that, people don't want to hear your song. You know, you go out and you play Brooks and Dunn or you play Alan Jackson and then you might throw an original in every now and then, but that's simply not the case. You know, we, we've done a couple shows where they're like, Hey man, don't, don't play no bunch of covers when you get here. You know, we want to hear what you're made of. And it's like, cool. You know, I'm I'm down with that. You know, I really respect that because there's a guy from the North Carolina scene that I think is really, really talented. And we, Andy, I, don't, I can't remember if you were there. I know D-Berry was. 
We've seen and, him live. Andy saw him open for Parker in Raleigh one okay. time. So Andy's yeah. seen him. Yep. Yeah. yeah, we've seen him. And our biggest criticism of him is he plays too many covers and he has really good original songs. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. just play more original stuff. Yeah, and I, I think that sometimes, like, to be fair to him, too, I think sometimes that's a product of the scene he's in. Because, yeah, like, we, we, true, have a, yeah. we have a small independent music scene in North Carolina, but the fans in North Carolina are different than they are in Texas. Um, they they go to those places expecting it to be a cover band to play the crowd pleasers. Whereas, yeah, right, like, yeah. whereas like, me personally, like, I'm, I'm more like the Texas listeners where I'd like to go in here with, you know, like you said, what you're made of more so than playing me, uh, yeah. playing me, uh, working on my next broken heart for the hundredth time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, and, and absolutely no, no stabs at that because I love those, I love those songs. And, oh, for sure. Um, you know, that's one thing that that I can't forget to leave. I can't leave it out is the fans, man. I mean, you know, they've they've been so even probably more so than your friends that you make that are other musicians because they can't come to your shows. They've got shows of their own. You know, it, it's the fans that are purchasing the tickets. They're coming to the venues. They're streaming your music. You know, they, they want to hear you. Whereas kind of how I mentioned earlier about our, our hometown is much like what you just mentioned in North Carolina. You know, we have a huge uh, casino scene in Shreveport. It's very well known for their, boat casino riverboat casinos and when you get a gig there they want to hear old motown they want to hear funk they want to hear you know what i mean and it's just like you could go make good money you can make a good a good living up there for sure and there's a whole lot of talent but i would love to see uh the it used to be the home of the louisiana hayride so it's like man why why is there not a huge development for for up-and-coming original artists you know and so that was kind of one uh, another reason we kind of branched out i could say you know uh but yeah the fans man they're there's something else and you always run into somebody that loves your set and they're like man if y'all are ever back around here y'all come stay at the house we'll cook for you you know we got a <laughs> guest bedroom you can sleep in i mean it's just the yeah, hospitality it's, and the welcoming it's the real america yeah, exactly. Exactly. Real America. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Because like BJ Barham has talked about that when he said American Aquarium, you know, they're based at or from Raleigh. He uh, yeah. he thought about that when he first started out that, you know, in that independent scene, the fans were just so welcoming because they would be like playing small shows, not making a whole lot of money and fans would let them sleep on the floor. They'd give them gas money. They'd like feed them and everything. He was like, it's just there's something different about, you know, folks that are into into independent music than it is like the folks that only listen to top 40. And I think it's just you get right. invested into the the music and it is a little bit more more personal with the artists because you have more opportunity to be able to like talk to them and I guess get to know them a little more, mm-hmm. which I, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's kind of the um, not to go off too far on a tangent or anything, but. You know, that's kind of why there's a little bit of hesitancy I, I've seen in the past, especially with folks like Kojo or Parker McCollum kind of going on to the major labels. People are like, oh, they're selling out or Co Wetzel, you know, they, yeah, yeah. you know, he called his album Sell, sell Out. out. He knew what people <laughs> were going to say. Oh, 100%. He knew what people were going to say. And it, it's kind of like you hate, you, you hate to see them go beyond the tangible in your face act. 
to being untouchable and untalked to, you, you can't talk to them as well as you could. But at the same time, you're happy that, you know, obviously that they're doing something and being successful and all that stuff. So, but you really, you really can't beat. And it's not just Texas to go back to the Key West thing. I mean, there's people from all over the country that really love original mm-hmm. music and it's still, still, there's still that hunger for original art, you know, and that's cool. Hundred percent, really cool. man. Like I, I tell you one thing, I I definitely appreciate about the Texas scene for y'all, like the artists, like y'all that are involved in that is, um, it kind of ties into what you were just saying. Like when we first started this whole like you know website and podcast and this whole endeavor about two years ago, like Andy and I were like, you know, worst case, we'll we'll talk about the music we like, have a little fun on the podcast, whether or not we ever actually get any guests on, we don't know. But we we like people have been much more receptive, especially when we first started out, when we didn't have any listeners whatsoever back then. Like they just were willing to to come on like because like we had um, I don't know if you're how familiar you are with like old 97s, but I'm a big old 97s guy. And Rhett Miller was our first guest. And we were just like, I I told Andy, I said, I'm going to, you know, just DM him on Instagram. He probably won't answer. But by God, did he not respond? And he was our first guest. And I, I looked at Andy and I was like what the fuck are we going to do now? Cause I was like, how do we, how do we, how do we do make this happen? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, right. I appreciate that about you guys being willing to like, like, especially when we first started out, like you guys being willing to come on and talk to people, you know, yeah. When they're, when they're uh, not necessarily Joe Rogan, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, man. And, and you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of the same, the same concept, you know, we, we're, we're welcomed by our fans and, and you guys are obviously fans. So, or else you wouldn't ask me to be a part of it. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm more than willing to, to go sing, play, talk to anybody who, who wants to hear it, you know? Oh yeah. So, yeah. We're certainly fans because, um, I dig y'all sound. I do I too. I, I really do. I'll be honest with you. I really can see the, the influence of like the eighties and nineties country in there because I haven't heard those sounds in a while. and. I'm going to ask you a question. You don't have to answer if you don't want to. Other than the one, uh, the worst thing about Texas, which I'm assuming is your most crowning achievement, which of your songs is your second favorite? I may be wrong, but um, but I assume since you won the competition with it. But Man, um, as far as something that's already out and, and released. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to go. It's kind of a toss up, but I'm going to say uh, ever. There's a song called ever in Louisiana on our Mm -hmm. album. Yeah. That uh, we, we complain about it all the time just because it's almost like we, we jumped into the studio and, and really um, without much preparation dove into those songs and just started started making them as we making them up as we went, you know, but out of all of them that, that really came together and, and touched on a lot of, a lot of influence as well as uh, our productive creativity in the studio. Cause we got really crafty with the instrumentation, mm-hmm. uh, the licks, uh, the fiddle, the pedal steel. Um, our producer at the time, engineer, uh, was a guy named Travis Mott from down in South Louisiana. And he was like a 14, 15 time, uh, fiddle champion down there. And he played the fiddle on it. So, I mean, it just, it just turned out really great. 
you know, in my opinion. Yeah, I compared agree. to the other stuff. So okay. Yeah, no, I got I gotta say from that same record, um, I really, really like the song Broken Bush. Uh, I, one thing oh, yeah. I did, yeah. I wanted to ask, I was like, was there, was that strictly just a, a narrative that y'all came up with for the song or was there any truth behind that? <laughs> uh, somebody just asked me this the other day. Uh, I think it was some friends of ours, some fans of ours that we met at Key West from South Carolina. And uh, they, they were, you know, not to go once again, not to branch off. I'm sorry if I'm rambling, but oh, you know, good, they, we met them. <laughs> We met them down there in Key West the first year, and I tell everybody, you know, I looked out in the crowd, and these people were singing my songs, and I'd never seen them before, and I'm looking at them like, where do I know you from, you know? But they asked me the same question, and it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a bits and pieces story from one trip. We took a trip to Broken Bow when I was 20. Uh, we were all, at that point, I'm the oldest one of my friends. You know, we were all like 20, 19, 18 on down to 17 probably. And, uh, we went up there and before we left town, we had somebody who was of age purchase a bunch of alcohol for us, a bunch of booze. And <laughs> we probably had, you know, loaded the truck bed down with Bud Light and some kind some folks had some liquor and all that. The, uh, the original plan was to go up to a place called Albert Pike, Arkansas. Well, we, we're about halfway up and my mom calls me and she's like, Hey, last night, Albert Pike flooded. And like, there were some people that died that were camping there. And we're like, what? She's like, do not go there. So we're like, okay, we're not going there. Well, we found a camping spot at this fishing resort and come to find out they didn't have anywhere to swim. And that's what we were trying to do, you know, get in the water and drink some beer and cook some food, blah, blah, blah. You know, just to, regular old good time but we found out they didn't have a place to swim so we're like let's get out of here so we packed up camp and my brother tobin he's like man broken bow is xyz miles away we we had some buddies and cousins that had gone up there before let's go and we're like screw it man let's go so we we load back up we had a probably three or four vehicles worth of people you know just caravanning up there well at some point in the trip We come to a fork in the road, and instead of going west to Broken Bow, we went east and drove all the way to Albert Pike, where we weren't supposed to go. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so this this just added to the frustration of the trip. But we turned around and we drove 160 miles in the opposite direction, and finally ended up in Broken Bow. Well, when we got there, the sun was kind of going down, and we were met by some park rangers at the Beavers Bend State Park and they helped us find a camping spot. They they, they helped us. Yeah. And uh we got there, we we set up camp, we started drinking a few beers, cooking some some chicken and uh just really not even having that good of a time. You know, it had been such a long day. We were like, let's go to sleep and try again tomorrow. But that night we had some music playing. We were cooking, drinking, playing guitar and we decided to go, we were going to sleep. Well, we get in the tent and the next thing I know, I hear my brother say, man, somebody's got the brightest flashlight in the world. And we hear park rangers. That's who get out of the tent. So we get out, man, and they searched us down. They found all the beer and they made us pour it all out. 
And it's at this point that my buddy Mark, he he tells him something along the lines, and and I've never been huge into keeping up with who beat who at football, but he he starts saying something about LSU right. beating o- Oklahoma at some football game. And, oh gosh! And and they're, <laughs> he's like, "You're just you're just mad about this and that and the other." And the guy they ended up writing us three hundred dollar tickets a piece. There were like ten of us. So, I mean. Fast forward a few years, I got to thinking about that, and I'm like, man, that's a, that's that's worthy of of being written yeah, down. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then the the B side to that, the part two, uh, the crazy girlfriend verse. My brother and our buddy had both brought their girlfriends along with them, and they were just terrors the entire time. You know, yes. Uh, yes. biting. Yes. I mean, not not down to clown, not having a good time. Yeah. And so that, that's where the second part came from. And then, uh, <laughs> oh, go ahead. I was, it, it's really, it's honestly hilarious. Um, <laughs> just the difference in a girl's trip and a guy's trip. Oh yeah. <laughs> and how they look at both could be faced with the same predicament and how just drastically different. They look no, at the options. Yeah, it's just yeah. It's it's like it's like that meme I saw the other day that uh, this this girl was mad at her boyfriend for playing too much golf, and the guy commented when she was like, "He's always out on the golf. He just graduated from Xbox to uh, golf the golf course as he's gotten older." And the guy said, "Women really just hate how little it takes to keep us happy." Yeah, they, they do. They do. I mean, I'm in the process of moving into a house. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me when I say, when I say yes, honey, that picture there is fine. You're just lying to me. Which <laughs> I've dealt with it, you know. It's just it's fine. Yeah, oh, man. Hey, man, I get it. I, I moved in here a couple, almost two years ago in August, and you see, I'm, I'm my music room is the garage. So, <laughs> yeah. oh, I, 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 I'm in a basement where all the reject shit goes. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's, Kyle, that's Kyle's podcast studio. Yeah, his his fiance a, made him uh, put it in the basement. <laughs> yeah, where all the reject yeah. shit goes, you know. So, <laughs> all the things with neon lights and beer and sports and everything that's it's in the basement of his house. In other words, everything yeah. that's cool, <laughs> right? But uh, but yeah, man, and that's then, that's uh, an awesome story. That like I I gotta say, like I, I was hoping there was gonna be like the selfish side of me as a music listener was hoping there was gonna be some story behind that. <laughs> the uh, the the final the final blow though is um, just to finish it up. We had two friends. One the one that said the football trash talked the football team. And then the other buddy, the other one that had the girlfriend, they never paid their ticket. And um, so the end was kind of a, a future prediction of if you ever get pulled over, like it's going down, you're going back to Broken Bow, they're going to throw you in the slammer. Yep. You know, so that's kind of how we wrapped it up. But it is a true story. It just didn't all happen to me, you know. So, yeah, that's awesome, man. That's like I said, I'm glad to hear there is uh, a some some kernels of truth in on the, uh, on the song on that. So, so like we was, were, we were the talking issue with the, uh, I got one more question for that one. Was the issue with the beer that you were yeah. underage or that the alcohol percentage was too high for the state of Oklahoma? 
<laughs> well, they they blamed it on our age, but you know, we we all know that had a little a little jealousy tied in there too, you know. Yeah, back in the days when it had to be three two. <laughs> <laughs> we, I mean, by their standards, we probably poured out a good hundred cases of beer, you know. So, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> All right, so like we were talking about, uh, sometimes we like to do a little lightning round towards the end. So, Andy, uh, if you want to kick things off with a couple questions for the lightning round. All right, I'll kick it off with my favorite. Okay. What's your favorite uh, late-night fast food? Oh, drunk man, and sober. Does that go for drunk and sober? Yeah, oh, yeah, easily, easily. All right, uh, let's see. Kyle, you throw one in there. Oh, we're going to do lightning round? <clears throat> All right. Um, are you a craft beer or a light beer guy? Uh, I guess. Be honest. I guess you know, no consider, one's going to judge you. If you consider, if, if you consider Shinerbach uh, craft to Shiner Texas, I, I, I like I like their beer the best, you know. Uh, okay. But yeah. by this. By this point, it's pretty mainstream, so I don't know if it's considered craft anymore or not. But I enjoy I enjoy tasting different beers everywhere I go. You know, so that's oh, I yeah. like craft. Yeah, I'm a, I'm, I like to pretend I'm not a beer snob, but because I don't like the the people who are beer snobs, if that makes sense. <laughs> so I don't want to be in that crowd. But yeah, I, I I am kind of one. All right. Um, my next question: <clears throat> Are you a car guy? No, no, no okay. not really. Okay, all right, fair enough. All right. I mean, I love, I love some cool cars. Don't get me wrong, yeah, yeah, you right. know. But yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not a car guy either, so okay. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. Um. Okay. No. No disappointment. No disappointment. Debra, I'm gonna kick it over to you. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, let's see here. Let's say you had to pick one meal to be your absolute last meal you're ever going to have before you, you go meet the Lord. What's it going to be? He's on death row. Ribeye steak, man. Ribeye steak, baked potato. I love a good, uh, I love a good onion ring. So you can throw some of those on there too. Now I will judge you. How is that steak cooked? Uh, no further than medium. Well, no further than okay, that. Res- but okay. That is respectable. Usually, yes. That is usually respectable. medium. Okay. I'll, I'll yes. Medium well. Usually okay. medium. All right. Fair. Okay. <laughs> you know, some some people for some reason want to cook it at meat well done for, for some no no yeah, un- no un- no unknown reason. <laughs> so uh, I want to go ahead. I want to be able to chew it. You know. So hey, absolutely. You got to taste the flavor. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's see here. Um, college or NFL? College. College. And who's your team? LSU. LSU. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking it was going to be LSU, but so, yeah. I mean, look, y'all had a is, hell of a year a couple years ago. So, <laughs> yeah, to, to touch on that, you know, I guess you could call me a bandwagon fan, you know, because I don't really, I don't really keep up with it a whole lot. But, you know, when we were really pouring it to everybody, that was fun to watch. So. Yeah. Hey, I was pulling for them that year because um, I was tired of Alabama always winning. And then on top of that, I'm, I'm an NC State grad, so I'm an ACC guy, but I'm tired of Clemson always winning. So I was pulling yeah. for LSU LSU that year. I was pulling oh, for man. them too because it's the only way a team in purple and gold could win a national title. 
Just say, right. <laughs> just say, you know, Kyle. Kyle went to East Carolina University, so that's yeah, where so. They're, they're purple and gold. That's why he's 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 we're, mad that they can't win we're, anything. We're, we're <laughs> you know, I was living through you guys. We're a baseball school anyway. That's that's all. That's all right. That's all right. Was, Joe Burrow was such a dog, man. I mean, no, you was, got that right. Once again, you know, it's kind of one of those situations where even though you're not, even though I'm not a huge football fan, like that made me want to be. You know, it made me want to yeah. play. Oh yeah, it was the uh, the first year I actually saw a live college football game too. Uh, we went down to Baton Rouge and saw them play uh, Texas A and M, and they uh, they put it on them. So <laughs> it was a good night to be there. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, so if you wanna if you wanna play a song, um, I mean we we had talked about maybe doing that a little bit earlier. Yeah, I mean feel free, man. Yeah, man, sure. Let me pull a Ron Burgundy and get my flute out of my sleeve here. <laughs> I don't know if this thing's even in tune. You guys got a request y'all want to hear from the record? Or y'all want to hear something new? Or how do you, do you guys think? Kyle, what do you think? Mm, well, that's up to him. I mean, he's the he's the one with talent there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm always down to hear something new, but you know, I don't want to. I don't want to put you on the spot. Well, since you guys are uh, country boys, and we talked about kind of some similarities in our in our growing up, and I'll pick you some right here. This is a this is a new one that we hadn't put out yet, but uh, it will be out before too long. But it's kind of a funny song. Uh, I wrote it. We wrote it about that engineer guy. I was telling y'all about the fiddle player. He. Uh, mm-hmm. We showed up at his house. I tell this story every time I'm on stage when we play this song, but we showed up at his house and uh, he had broken a bunch of stuff from the night before, like smashed the tabletop and ruined his keyboard and mouse in his studio and all kind of stuff. And we were like, dude, what the hell happened around here? You know? And he looked me and my brother dead in the eye and he goes, I don't know, bro, but I ain't hanging out with me no more. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so we, we oh, took that, you know, and wrote him this song right here. It's called Hanging Out With Me. Is it really one o'clock already? I didn't go down till that sun started to shine. Oh, busted up bar schools. Broken bottles in my pool Tells me that I must have lost my mind And I guess my baby's still mad at me Cause that ain't her car parked out in my yard And I don't know who I was with Can't remember what I did All I know is I took this way too far And I bet I could live without Talking my way out Of how I wound up on the floor My head is filled with doubt Can't seem to figure it out Only thing I really know for sure is I ain't hanging out with me no more. 
And I can't believe my neighbor called the police. He comes here when his wife kicks him out. Come to think I called him first. Man, it ain't my fault he had to work. And he knows I like my music way too loud. And I bet I could live without talking my way out of things I said when drinks were poured. My head is filled with doubt. Can't seem to figure it out. Only thing I really know for sure is I ain't hanging out with me no more. Oh, no, sir, no, ma'am. Cracking my phone, but it's still ringing. Get messages from numbers that I don't know. Asking when we're teeing off, and y'all, I ain't ever played no golf. And telling me to call when I get close. And I bet I can live without talking my way out. The plans I made the night before. My head is filled with doubt. Can't seem to figure it out. Only thing I really know for sure is I ain't hanging out. No, I don't want to talk about how I ain't hanging out. Me no more. With me no more. Hell yeah, brother. Dude, I, I really dig that one. It almost reminds me of something that old Andy over there said when we were in either in college or year after college or something. We were we were still in our early twenties at the time and Andy had gotten completely blitzed one weekend and he goes Next day, he goes, I was telling him something he was saying, something he was doing. He goes, look, man, what I do when I'm drunk is none of my business. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I really dig that song, man. I can't wait for that one to get released. Thanks, man. Thank you all. Yeah, I, I'm, in, I'm enjoying it. We, we cut it probably a couple months ago now, uh, so it's still kind of in the infancy stages, but we're, we're working on getting it out to everybody, so yeah, we're looking fair. forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, that that'd be a good one to be able to play at an NC State tailgate when we're all uh, playing a little beer ball and eating some Bojangles fried chicken. So, hey man, that's what we wrote it for. That's what we wrote it for. Hell yeah, man! So uh, this is always an opportunity. We like if you ever want to plug like your social media handles or your website or anything, some tour dates. Now would be uh, the best time to be able to do that for you. Yeah, so uh, LucasJagno.com is our main web page, and then of course Facebook. You can go to Lucas Jagno, uh, Lucas Jagno Music on Facebook and then Instagram at, at Lucas Jagno. Or you can look at the band page to find out more about like touring and state uh, dates and all that from uh, the road show uh, at the road show. And show is spelled kind of like my last name. So S-H-E-A-U-X. 
Got a little Cajun flair in there. Uh, same thing with Twitter. You can find us on there. It's a lot less professional, a lot less, uh, a lot more laid back, as you guys know. I'm sure the Twitter being a whole lot different than anything else. I just started dabbling in TikTok, posting some stuff on there uh, at Lucas Jagno. I guess is what it is. I've I've never really uh, shared that yet, so I don't know exactly how you go about finding that other than just searching my name. But yeah, we got music on Spotify, Apple Music. Google Play, pretty much anywhere you stream, download, you can find us on there. Brand new single, The Worst Thing About Texas. Uh, new single oh, yeah. coming soon. Yeah. A uh, couple new singles in the pipeline. So anybody out there that wants to keep up with us, y'all just follow us on Spotify and and uh, you'll be the first to know. So. Hell yeah, man. Well, we, uh, we definitely, everybody, make sure you go out there and uh, check out his music. <laughs> support and if you're nearby go to a show i'm glad that you did uh spell the cajun spelling for them because i don't know if our north carolina listeners would have picked up on that if you didn't so yeah you know it's, it's kind of yeah. like you asked me before we started how do you pronounce it uh, i've heard everything but it's really easy to say it's jagno but yeah. uh j-a-g-n-e-a-u-x it's uh you know they added way too many letters so yeah you darn cajuns <laughs> <laughs> and all these letters <laughs> right man just got Got alphabet crazy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, we appreciate you coming on, man. You're welcome back anytime. So open door all, out here man, on Country Cold Cans, brother. Yeah, man, we've thank been you fans. So much for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate so, y'all. Good meeting y'all. Yeah, man. Likewise, likewise. Like I said, next anytime we're nearby a show, I'm definitely going to come by. Hopefully one of these days uh, you guys will get to be able to tour up the East Coast a little more too. So uh, I definitely want to get to a show when I can, whenever I get out to towards the Lone Star State. Yeah, and that's uh, one thing before we go, we talked about uh, hopefully in the near future. We we met some friends down at Mile Zero Fest that, uh, you know, like I said, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina. So hopefully we can make a little swing up the up that side of the country. So, Hell yeah, bro. That's what I like to hear. So, uh, well, for this episode of Country and Cold Cans, I'm Logan sitting here with Andy and Kyle. And this week, our special guest, Lucas Jagna. We'll see you next time.